I shouted, was running. You were crying? Huh? No. You look like you're, how you doing? I thought you were crying. It must have been the anointing flow. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Alice Cooper is saved. Serving God. Yeah, he says daddy was a preacher. We, we, I went to his concerts. He did some hellacious things on stage. Who was wayward at one time? <laughs> and believe me, you didn't find God. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. Jesus always wanted us. We were just in opposition, resisting him. Whew. Hey, Lane. Lane, got that Pocahontas look on her. <laughs> you know, when I talk about it, people in church, it's never negative. It's a positive thing. It is. So don't, you know, don't let your mind twist things up. That was good praise and worship. Abby, you blew it out, girl. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You'll be leading praise and worship here one day. And I thank Rachel for raising up these teens. And Sandy, <clears throat> Sandy, how do you get to play with all the young people? I mean, they won't have me on the stage. Come on, man. Good, good for you. Get to play music with all the young people. Well, our whole emphasis this month is on prayer. Uh, I'm going to give the church a little credit in a very, very humble way. We had a lot to do with that storm, not overloading us and putting a burden on this community. I believe it with all of my heart. You might say, well, pastor, you proud. No, I prayed. And there's many people in this, in this church pray. And I'm telling you right now, there's layers of rain going on, but I don't know if you noticed that forecast. When it got to Baton Rouge, it just split. Rain went this way and around this way and went this way. And really the yellow and the red and the purple, it all dried up. And so we are so blessed. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that prayer works. Amen. I felt our prayer in agreement in that prayer room did something to praise and worship. It's just prayer works. I'm telling you, if you're not praying as a couple, you're not living at a level of benefit in your marriage. You're just not. Then I'm not, you know, you might have a good relationship, but if you're praying together, it'll go to another level. I'm telling you, I'm encouraging every married couple to get up in the morning or go to bed at night and you just lock hands and you pray for 10 or 15 minutes and if you say you don't have time I'm telling you make time it'll make a difference in your life prayer makes the difference prayer is the game changer and if you're single find somebody you can call somebody you can message somebody you can get an agreement just pray Everybody say pray. pray. This message the Lord put on my heart this morning. And of course, it will all focus towards prayer. But I just want to share with you, I've been meeting with the Lord. And I can't expect you to meet with him and not know that I'm meeting with him and he's telling me things. 
He's given me things. He's showing me things for this church, for my own life, for my ministry, for this ministry. He's showing me things. And so the Lord, I, I'm just going to tell you what the title is. And titles mean nothing unless the result comes from the message. And the Lord's been showing me he's raising up a generation and we're all a part of that. And uh, he's, gonna, he's raising up messengers, not people that just can give some little sermon, not people that just can encourage people, but he's raising up messengers. You know, John the Baptist was a messenger. You know, Elijah was a messenger. And so all through the Bible, you see messengers. You don't see sermonators. And, and we'll have sermons, we'll, we'll teach, we'll, we'll do all of that. But if it's something you're just mimicking or something you just came up on your, with your, you know, on your own, it really won't have the life impact that it needs to inject something in somebody to help them. And so God is raising up messengers. That's what I want in this church. I want people that God qualifies. And I see right now in the church, in this church, and the church at large, that the Lord himself is qualifying people and disqualifying people. And I hate to even say that, but that's what he's doing. He's qualifying people and he's disqualifying people. And he wants people for himself. He wants people to come to him so he can lodge his message in your heart and it comes from the throne of God. And when you speak it or you share it or you become it, it has an effect on everybody around us. Come on. And so for us to be messengers, we got to get with the one that has the message. Isn't that right? And so we can't short circuit, bypass, or skirt around the face of God. And the Lord showed me that he wants to raise up in the church at large, but also in this church, he wants to raise up champions that work out of the unseen realm. <laughs> they work out of the unseen realm. They're not working out of the natural. They're not working out of what they see and what voice they hear. They're working out of the unseen realm. That's the spiritual realm. And if we don't get with the Father, we can't work out of that realm. And so the Lord is really uh, showing me some things that in these days to come, I'm telling you, it's going to happen in the church at large, but it's going to happen in this church. For too long, too many people, not so much this church, have been prostituting the anointing and the blessings of God for their own selfish gain. And, and, you know, God has lavished us with so much, and I am thankful. I'm thankful we missed this storm. Yes. I have two and a quarter acres I have to keep up in hundreds of trees. I didn't want the limbs and all the cleanup. And I'm telling you, that's nothing compared to what a storm can do to a household, to displaced families. And I thank you all for praying because we missed it in the name of Jesus. But God blesses us so we can be a blessing. I'll say it again. Everything that God does for us, it better puts us in a place to be a messenger. Everything that God comforts us with, all the money, the job promotions, the good houses, the good cause. Thank God for all of that. I want it. I've been rich. I've been poor. I'd rather be rich. 
but everything is for the purpose of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything. We live in America, the best nation on the planet, that we can preach the gospel to the world. I'm so excited. God, God is raising up some New Testament John the Baptist. Y'all know when John the Baptist came on the scene, things started to get to shake. He really came at the end. He was Old Testament, but he was at the end of the Old Testament handing off everything to Jesus. All he did was point. He had an anointing to point at the Messiah, the Lamb that takes away all the sins of the world. He had that anointing to spot Jesus and to point to Jesus. Prepare the way of the Lord. He was a voice in the wilderness shouting, prepare the way of the Lord. And uh, you know, Jesus, like John, he said there hadn't been a man that come from a woman as great as him. Since he started preaching until now, he said, there hasn't been a greater man until now. But then he said, the least in what's to come is going to be greater than John. And then Jesus said, the kingdom of God has been suffering violent, but the violent take it by force. You know what Jesus was saying? He was saying that the kingdom is advancing, but there's a lot of resistance. Now, this is Jesus, the forerunner, the first fruit, saying that the prototype, the God-man of what's to follow him, you and I. And he said, the kingdom has been resisted. People have been attacking the kingdom, but the kingdom has been advancing. And over the generations, it has been. But I believe there's going to be an acceleration in this day, in this hour, in this time. And it's going to come through the church. Of course, there's going to be opposition. Of course, there'll always be resistance. But I'm telling you, the landscape of this church and the church at large is about to change. <laughs> and this is what we're going to see. We're going to see people as believers living biblical lifestyles. There's no more of this in and out and stuff. Y'all know that I, I don't go to bed at night worried about the Hindu religion. You know, there's no power in it. I know it's a force. I know it's a group of people. I don't go to bed at night worrying about the, uh, the Muslims or the Buddhists I, I, or the, you know, the, the Mormons. I mean, I understand numbers make and they make a difference and they can have an influence. I understand all that. But they're powerless. And so what God's going to do, he's going to divide the powerless and the powerful ones. And he gives the power. And he'll give it to who's willing to receive from him. So just like we don't go to bed worrying about these religions, the church is no longer going to go to bed worrying about the, the so-called church group that's doing everything wrong. It's not even going to be in our focus because the power of God is going to come upon us. We're not going to fight. We're not, it's not even a resistance. It's not even an opposing force. It's powerless. And so God's going to make this separation. And I don't know about you, but we need to be on the right side. 
So I got this scripture. It's in Jeremiah 31. If you would put it up there and I'll read it to you. Jeremiah 31, verse 14. There's going to be a change. <laughs> you probably just read a lot of things I'm about to say because you're a champion in the realm of the spirit and you are too. And many of you are. That's, that's how we should come to church. I just read, hey pastor, I just read that. You need me to preach on it? I got it, I got it. We all hearing from the same, it's the same spirit. He who is joined to the spirit is one with the spirit. I'm telling you, Paul talked about it in Hebrews 6, 5. He says, there's an enlightenment that's coming. We're gonna be able to taste the heavenly gift and be partakers in the Holy Ghost. There's an age of power coming to the church that we can taste, that we can experience, that we can encounter. You know, when you see the word taste, man, when I taste some food, I just experience the food. I got it, it got me, it's in me. And so even Jesus said he tasted death. That meant he, he experienced death. And so in that Hebrew scripture, it talks about we're going to taste the good word of God. We're going to taste in experiencing being partakers of the Holy Ghost. We're going to taste the heavenly gift. Come on. And listen, you don't have to die and go to heaven to do that. It's going to be on earth. That's what Jesus prayed. What's in heaven, come on earth. And that's what this group of champions, this is what they're going to be able to do. They're going to be able to get what's in heaven and manifest it on earth. That's what believers do. We take what has been promised, we take what has been provided and paid for, and we get it from heaven and we disperse it, dispense it on the earth in Jesus' name. That hurricane, tropical storm, Barry, whoever he is, that is not an act of God. That's an act of the fall of Adam and Eve. You understand? So we have all power and authority. It's been given to us. So our prayer works. I'm telling you, when we pray in agreement, it's like this force that just comes against the forces of darkness, the forces of destruction. Come on. I'm going to just tell out on a few people here this morning. <laughs> No, I just want to use it as an example, and it's not to hurt anybody. It's just to use as a good example. You know, I planned on having church last week. Anyway, we get here this morning. It's all good. There's no rain. I got in my truck. I mean, the wind's not even blowing. I'm like, Barry, where are you? He went and hid, I guess. So anyway, we get here. They were practicing. The lights went out. As soon as the lights went out, everybody got on the phone. Nobody prayed. I didn't even pray because it caught me off guard. I'm thinking, oh, man, we made it this far. Now the lights go out. And Susan said, what happened? I said, I believe there was a problem, so they cut the lights off, and they're going to fix it, and they're going to come right back on. But my point was, when things go wrong, don't go to the internet. Don't go broadcasting what's going wrong. Go to the throne room. I mean, because we're doing it on behalf of people. You know, we need to stand in the gap. 
We need to be those that are not fearful. And that's nothing against who was here earlier. I'm just using it as a point. It's almost like a knee-jerk response. When something hits, you go to the natural. And what we should do is just stop. You know, take a stance and just pray. No, that's what I did. I, I looked at people's faces when the lights went off and everybody had the old no on them. <laughs> and some even had the old no. It's like, I knew I shouldn't have come here. I got up for nothing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But that almost got on me. It almost did, and I just caught myself. Sometimes you just got to catch yourself. Some of y'all are not old enough to know what, the, what a menin slap is. You know, you, what is it? It's, it's the shaving thing, shaving you know. Too, too. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But, but anyway, anybody ever like did something stupid and then you just, you're just like, I can't believe I did that. Well, we don't need that anymore. Well, man, when something hits and it hits hard or it catches you off guard, just stop a moment and get with the Lord. Whether it's a bad report or some loved one has done something that you didn't expect, just stop and pray. Somebody say stop and pray. Stop. Jeremiah 31, 14, you read that? Why you read it? You're just flipping through the Bible? and Oh, it was? I'm not reading the one-year Bible. Anyway, this is what it say. It says, I will satiate, that means to satisfy, the soul of the priest. We have any priests here? It's talking about leaders. It's talking about people of God, ambassadors, emissaries, representatives of God, influencers, city takers, devil chasers. That's what it's talking about. He said, I will satiate the soul. That means your mind, will, and emotions of the priest with abundance. Now, in this fulfillment, it, it really has a couple of different connotations. It's really saying that I'm going to feed the priests. <laughs> They'll have three meals a day. It has a spiritual implement, implementation also, but how many of y'all know if you're a priest and you're running things or you're the boss and you're running things and you don't have food to eat, you're not going to run things too good. So what it's saying is God's going to take care of those that want to stand up for him, the priesthood, the living stones. He's going to take care of them. They're going to be satisfied. Now listen to this. And my people will be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. You know what that means? If the leaders would stand up and get with the Lord, then those that they're ministering to, those that they love, those that they're representing will also be satisfied. Amen. We can't expect those that are following us, those that we're representing to be satisfied if we're not satisfied ourselves. And all satisfaction comes from being in the face of the Father. Yes. You cannot be depressed Amen. in the presence of God. Amen. And so when I see depressed people, I'm thinking it, it's, it's a counterfeit presence. It's really not the presence of God. Man, I'm telling you, when you're talking to God, you come out courageous. You come out as a champion. You come out tenacious as a bulldog. And you don't, I mean, somebody tells you something, you don't run back in the corner and whimper and cry that they hurt your feelings. No, you've been with the Lord. And he told you what to say. He told you who you are. So, man, you don't, you almost shikara bahasa. 
You just get strong in the presence of the Lord. And I'm not just talking about here. We can do it here. I'm talking about you and your wife and your children. Your children need to know the presence of God. Your children need to see that prayer works. We should be praying with our children and they're hearing what we're saying. And then a week or so down the, the road or a couple of days, the prayer request is answered and there's a supernatural result. That builds your children. That makes, us, makes them believers. But we don't even have take time to pray, much less get the result of what we pray for. That is, that is the witness to us. I'm telling you, that storm gone is a witness to me. My God loves me. And my God listens to prayer. I'm telling you, I had enough of devastation in this area. How about you? And I mean, that all sounds good. We can all clap, but we need to pray so we can have some rejoicing moments, so we can have some times of celebration. Sue, Psalm 23. Why are you preaching my message? You another one, just like Kevin. <laughs> and if I say anything you said in the foundation class, just let me know. It's already happened. Well... I pray our toddler room, they're speaking, they may not even be hearing me, but I, I pray that everything we say, we just in one. Yes. You know, somebody meets you and then somebody meets somebody else at the church, y'all saying the same thing. But the Bible does say in Psalm 23, and we know this scripture, but the Lord really showed me something in this scripture. I really like that scripture. And he says, you know, he's the shepherd. And we shouldn't want. If you're with the shepherd, you won't want. If you're always in need, always in despair, always complaining, you're not with the shepherd. The shepherd will take care of you. And I know life hits and I know there's time. So, you know, we all get hit by life, but you can't stay there. It's impossible to stay there getting with the shepherd, following the shepherd. It's impossible. Because he said you will not want for anything. And you won't be anxious for anything. You won't worry. And then it says he causes us to lie down in green pastures. That sounds so restful. That sounds like provision. Come on. Give me a little bang. He's talking about sheep. He's talking about sheep. And then he said he'll lead us along streams or still waters. Sheep, sheep are very skittish. Sheep are very fearful without a shepherd. But with the shepherd, they do, they do pretty fine. And so then it goes on to say that he restores our soul and it says he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, help me. Well, is it for his name's sake? And so the Lord showed me this. Y'all got to stick with me. I hate to use the word season, so I'm not. <laughs> I hate to use the word level, so I hope I don't. I'm just trying to find a word. I'm just, I'm just seeing that, that God's just going to raise the bar. 
raised a standard of, of who we are yes. in Christ. Just, is that okay? I don't like level. I don't like season. Let's put it like this. There's a day coming and the day is here. Yes. And I just saw this, okay? Y'all got to hang with me. I just saw this. For 20 years, we've been in the valley. That's not a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. When, when most Christians say valley, it's like, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> the, the valley for the sheep was really the best grazing ground because it's, it's at a low level. There's the river. It's usually a canyon-type setting or there's mountains that shade. And so the place really flourishes. The problem is they have wolves and bears and predators because everybody has to drink. Every, every, every animal has to eat, so that's where you come. And the shepherd leads us there. And guess what? You won't be eaten with the shepherd. You won't be preyed upon following the shepherd. And the Lord just showed me this, okay? The Lord showed me this church coming out of the valley. And we're kind of going upward. And so, and it is called the valley of the shadow of death because of the predators. There's shadows. Man, when you're on an open plain on top of a mountain, there's nothing overshadowing you but the shepherd. But in the valley, there's, it's just, you know, it could be a little problematic if you don't stay close to the shepherd. So I saw us as a church coming out of the valley, climbing a hill, but not everybody, and I can speak about this at the church at large also, not everybody was following the shepherd because a lot of people like the valley. It's comfortable. It's provision there. And you get used to living there. But the Lord's leading us out of that valley to another place. And I saw droves of people following the shepherd, but there were many just took a right turn. And I'm going to say it again what the scripture said. Jesus said, I restore your soul and I lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. So people are not following the Lord because they want to do it in their name. They want to do what they want to do. But the Lord said, I will lead you in paths of righteousness for my sake and for my name's sake. So listen, the path of righteousness is the right path, but it doesn't always feel right. But it is right if you keep your eyes on Jesus. So we're going up. The church is going up. The church is coming out of the place that it's been in. Now, you can locate your own self, but I'm talking about moving. I'm talking about going to another place in the Lord that we've never been in before. And I saw when we got on the top, you know, usually, us, you know, like San Jose, a bunch, bunch of cities, the cities are built inside a valley and there's a mountain range around it. And so to come out of the valley, you have to, 
actually have to cross the mountains or come out across the mountains. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So I saw us coming on top of the mountain. And when we came on top of the mountain, you could just see so far. And there's so more, much more than what we were hunkered down in and what we could see with our natural eyes. But the good thing is that's the way the shepherd was going. He's leading us in paths of righteousness. This is the right path for his name's sake. He's leading us there because he has a purpose, because he has a vision, because he has a heart. It's all about him. And so it may not be comfortable, this move. I hate to move. Don't call me to move you. I don't like to move people and all they junk. But the Lord is saying, follow me. And so I saw us come on the top, and it's almost like in, when Abraham, when God told him to look, and he looked, and, and God said, you can have as far as you see. It was that type of experience. I mean, the land is ours. Anytime you see land in the Bible, it's representing the inheritance of the believers, the promises of God. You know, when the uh, Israelites came out of Egypt, God was bringing them to the promised land. And the promised land, you know, was, was filled with milk and honey and just the riches of what God had. And he already gave them that land. It was their inheritance, but they had to follow him. If they didn't follow him, they would never enter in. And we know a whole generation had to die off because they were rebellious. They were not wanting to be led in the paths of righteousness for God's sake, name's sake. They wanted their own way. Many of them wanted to go back to Egypt. But so when we talk about land, we're not necessarily talking about a geographical place, although it could be. We're talking about the promises of God. We're talking about what he said we can have. We're talking about what the blood of Jesus Christ paid for and bought for us. That's the land. The Bible says, if my people call by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. They will get their inheritance. Y'all got this. And so we have to know God is leading us for his name's sake. You don't know. You might know. You probably know <laughs> if you're in business or talking to people. There's so many disgruntled people, even believers. So negative. Oh, my God, how does God put up with it? How, how did he put up with me? You, you know what I mean? He's so merciful. He, but I'm telling you in these days, and this is the day, I'm telling you, he's, he's looking for people to live a pure life. And the pure life is going to come from following the shepherd. There's no other way to do it. And it will be uncomfortable. And it won't be about us. You know, I sit and I listen to people, negative, negative, negative. I understand trials in life. I understand that. But I finally just got to tell people, you know what? This God kingdom thing, it ain't about us. It's not about us. And if it becomes about us and us leading our lives to a way for our name's sake, you're going to run into all kinds of problems. The shepherd isn't even there. <laughs> and if we're not careful, 
We won't be the ones going to the high place. We'll be the ones taking the detour. So when we got on that high place, I started thinking about when they crossed the Jordan. You know, when the Israelites crossed the Jordan, they took some stones and they piled them up that it would be a memorial. It was a pillar that it could be seen in, in the two come generations about what God did, his powerful, powerful deliverance. So when I got to this place, I just heard the word pillar, but it's not going to be natural stones. It's going to be living stones. The Bible says we are living stones and we're being put together to build a spiritual house. It's talking about a priesthood, a royal generation. It's talking about a peculiar people that God is looking across the whole earth to show himself strong to. People that would just give God their allegiance no matter how bad life gets or how tough life gets. They'll keep following the shepherd. And so the, the memorial... That, you know, the memorial was an encouragement to those that came after the ones that were delivered. And so the memorial, the living stones will be you and I. We will actually exemplify or show people, look what the Lord has done. My God, if he can do that with Carl, Chris, Jason. And so it goes back to God's wanting to raise up leaders. And he's looking for the soul of leaders to be loyal and give all allegiance to God. He's looking at the souls of leaders. Why are you leading? Why are you serving? Why you want what you want? Why you do what you do? I'm telling you, he's going to take care of the pure-hearted. We will see God. And so we just, some of us may need to just tweak things up a little bit. I know I'm doing that. It's not about us. It's not the American dream. It's not my dream. It's really not my vision. If it is my vision, it better be his vision. It's not my way. It better be his way. So you understand, we have to realign everything. And so whenever you see uh, the Israelites, the people of God, crossing the Jordan, it's a type of death. And so when they crossed that Jordan and they made that memorial, it was a type of death. I'm going into a new day. My old is behind me. I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm pressing forward to what's ahead. And so that's what it's all about, a death to yourself and a commitment to his way. For his name's sake, it's for him. If, when he heals us, it's for him. You understand? He heals us, it's for him. You know, they play this song today, I really don't like it, that Jesus left heaven because he was miserable. You know, he left heaven because he couldn't stand being in heaven without us. That, that wasn't it at all. Yo, there's a song. There is a song. There is a song that Jesus left heaven because he couldn't stand being there without us. No, he came for the Father's sake. He came for the Father's sake. I don't know what it is. 
I just anyway you understand he left heaven because it was the plan of the father what y'all got anyway hallelujah of course he wants us in heaven but there was no way we could get there alone he had to come live his life you know he lived his life for us now we need to live our life for him he left everything and, and I know we don't have to leave what he left, left. I know we don't. He's not requiring that. But we need to leave ourselves. Yes. Just leave ourselves. I mean, I hate myself sometimes. The way I stink, the way I stink. I, I just, don't you, do you ever feel like that? I can't believe I even thought that yes. about that person. You know, I can't believe I even maybe planned on doing that. I can't believe I was hurt. I can't believe I took offense for that little old matter. How small is that? Jesus. You know why? Because it's all about us. And God's wanting to raise up leadership. And I'm telling you, in this church in the past, we have had a strong leadership soul. We really have. And it's just going to go to the, another level now. I'm telling you, I'm looking at all of y'all. So much potential here. So much potential. I see people. I, I mean, you know what Miss Ginger told me? She said, I ain't never seen so many hungry people in my life. She don't know nothing. That encouraged me. <laughs> you know, when she said that, I started looking around. I'm like, she didn't just say that to say that. She saw it. And when she saw it and said it, now I see it. And I knew it, but not like, like up here. Just hungry. <laughs> you here today. <laughs> I thought maybe we'd get some people that went to other churches come this morning. But if they ain't going to go to their church, they ain't going to come here. You know so what people are thinking today? We just had a day off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just a day off. Just a day off. You know... If you don't get anything out of this message, we probably all needed a day off. But I'm telling you, God is challenging you to keep your eyes on the shepherd. Can we go to Jeremiah 16, 14? Does Kevin read that one? Jeremiah 16, 14, Therefore, behold, the days are coming. I believe it's today. Says the Lord, that it shall be, that it shall no more be said. Listen, when I read this, I'm thinking about, God, what are you talking about? He said, that it shall no more be said. The Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. That's the biggest story in the Bible. That's the biggest story to the Jews. That's the big, that was major. That was a big deal. They were in bondage for 400 years. There was no way out. And God goes to, to look for a deliverer. His name is Moses. And he says, Moses, I want you to deliver my people. And I'm sure Moses would think like we think. Well, how many tanks? What's my artillery? 
Do I, can you give me a budget? How much money? Who's with me? No, God says, listen, I'm with you. And I put a stick in your hand. That's all you need. Really? He's coming against the greatest superpower on the planet. One man with a stick. I'm telling you, if God's behind one man with a stick, something's about to happen. <laughs> and of course, he's just like us. What else we got, God? What, what, what else you going to give me, God? He didn't give him nothing. Now, just trust me. He, you understand? Follow me. Y'all with me? You and God is a majority. And all of a sudden, in one day, he took out a superpower, the greatest military on the planet. He took them out. They all died. In one day, that's what God did. That was a big deal. We still talk about it. But in this scripture, God's saying, that ain't going to be a big deal no more. Listen to it. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Ten plagues. The wagon wheels came off the chariots. All of the army were killed. They went across. He opened up the Red Sea. They walked on dry land, got to the other side, and it closed. And the scripture right here is saying that no longer will be a big deal. That's what it's saying. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. Man, when I read this, this is what I started thinking. And if I'm wrong, you tell me. Right now, Israel is a country of their own. They were given their land back. That's like us giving the Indians all of the country, all of the government, and you rule everything. We're out. We're stepping aside. You got it. It ain't going to happen. So Israel were called from the four corners of the earth. They come back to their country. They have an economy. They have a military. It's a flourishing country. They're a world superpower. They are a force on earth that everybody, nobody can reckon with them. They are, they are just majestic, so to speak. And they're one little bitty country in the layers and layers and layers of nations that are totally against them. And so when I, you know, whenever you hear what God's doing with the Jews, it's, it happens with the people, the people of God. So it happens with the people of God. Somebody say, that's us, us. That's us. And so the Lord, this is what he's saying. You know what? Your salvation was great. You coming out of Egypt, that is like major, tremendous. But what I'm about to do with you will overshadow everything that I've done in the past. That's what that scripture is talking about. That's what that scripture is talking about. And we know, and listen to what he says. For I will bring them back into the land. There's the land again. So I'm seeing Jews, but I'm seeing the people of God. He's going to bring us into the land. He's going to give us what he prom 
promised us the powers of the age to come. Enlightenment like we've never seen before, partaking and sharing with the Holy Ghost and tasting the good word of God. Behold, I will send many fishermen says the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after I will send many hunters. We, we can understand hunting and fishing in this. And they will hunt them from every mountain and every hill out of the holes of the rocks. It's talking about the witnesses of God. For my eyes are on their ways. They are not hidden from my face. Now, you know, he's talking about lost people. He's talking about people that had poisoned his land. He's talking about people that didn't accept his inheritance. He's talking about the wayward Jews, the people of God. And that's who I'm talking about too. Y'all know anybody that's wayward? Y'all know anybody that needs to get saved? That was a big yes. They're everywhere. And God wants to use this church. Yes, God wants to use you. Yes, God wants to use you. He's going to lead you in the ways of righteousness for his name's sake. We need to be conscious of that. I think we've prostituted and we've used the blood. I know I have for my own gain, for my own selfish, fleshly ways. Make me happy. I want to please God. I can take a little hit on the head. I can take a little life curveball. I mean, come on, somebody. We need to begin to follow the shepherd for his name's sake. What are you, what, what's in it for you, God? <laughs> it's always what's in it for me. You know, if it's money, we're going for it. If it's comfort, probably. But this is how we should look at things. God, what's in it for you? Lord, there's so much opposition. It looks like my enemies are surrounding me. Everybody's resisting me, Lord. <coughs> okay? It's not like, Lord, get me out of here. It's like, Lord, what's in it for you? <laughs> I'm humane. What's in it for you? Probably souls. Probably a, an area to be used by God to do great exploits for him. Probably signs and wonders and miracles will flow through you and the words that you speak. Let's just don't back down on everything. Yes. <clears throat> Let's don't hunker down when every hurricane in life comes and we just tie ourselves to our stuff. Y'all know that's how we are. I understand that. But let's don't do that in the kingdom of God. God has so blessed us with spiritual things. Knowledge and wisdom. Let's give it away. Are y'all here? And so just like Israel, military, economy, they have an identity. They never had an identity. They were given a homeland. They never had that. It was all given to them by the Lord. And so when I had this type of vision, I'm thinking the ones that didn't go to the top to see what God saw the ones that went to the top were truly the remnant. We're the remnant. We all coming out the valley. Come on, somebody say, I'm coming out the valley. And, and I'm telling you, some of us has been in the Lord a long time. 
But we need change. We need to be stimulated. We need to be mobilized because we live in our own little valley. And there's some people in this church, you just got saved. You, you literally came out of a valley. <laughs> you just came out of a rut. Y'all know a rut with no ends? That's a, a call. No. How does that go? Oh, a rut with no. Leave that alone. <laughs> it ties in with a coffin with no end some kind of way. Brother Larry used to say that all the time. But anyway, if, if you stay in the valley, you won't see what's on the mountain. If you stay in the valley, you're not going to see what God is doing. You'll perish. So it's time to get in gear. It's time to line up. It's time to put your eyes on the Lord. And so I saw the remnant. The remnant is coming out the valley. Whether you just got saved or you've been saved a long time and got religious and got saved a long time ago and you know you just got comfortable. And so he's talking to all of us. I mean, my God, he's talking to me. I'm just sharing with you what he's saying to me. Because I don't want to do it by myself. That's how we are. I ain't doing it. I do it if you do it. <laughs> That's kind of how we are. A bunch of baby. I can't do it by myself. Jesus did it by himself. I mean, the father made sure he didn't have, you know, he just made sure he had to do it by himself. Kept his eyes. So Psalm, Psalm 65, let's go there. She got a manaya. Did you read this one, Kevin? Blessed is the man you choose. Psalm 65. Blessed is the man you choose. God is choosing people right now. I'm telling you, all across the earth, He's choosing people right now. So you need to be choose to be chosen. Because He's choosing you now. And then He wants you to come up on the crest of that mountain. He wants you to see what's in that new day for you and I and for the church. He, he wants you to come out of the valley of the shadow of death. If you come out, you won't fear any evil because the shepherd's with you. If you come out, his rod and his staff will comfort you because you're following him. If you don't, you won't be comforted. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you. Wow. He's choosing people to come to him. He wants to appear to those that choose to be chosen. I'm telling you, that's all we need is to be with God. That's all we need is the power of his presence. That you know, in the cool of the day, they heard his voice. I said that last week, the cool of the day. It's restful, it's peaceful, it's beautiful, it's comfortable. The cool of the day, you hear the voice in the garden. So he'll come where you are. And no matter where you are, he'll come to you. We need to hear his voice. That was a common occurrence in the garden. They would hear his voice. They would hear his voice. Listen, when you hear the voice of God, your problems melt. I'll say it again. When you hear the voice of the Lord, your problems melt. Now, he doesn't tell you everything. He doesn't give you all details, and he doesn't just open all the windows of heaven at one time on you and do all of that. But when you hear the voice of the Lord and you know he's considering you 
and you're part of his team and he's leading you for his name's sake, all of your little problems will leave you. Come on, this bigger than us. Life is bigger than our life. It's life with the Lord. Man, I'm just excited about this. And he'll cause to approach you. He'll appear to us that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Oh, your holy temple, by awesome deeds and righteousness, you will answer us. How about some of that? Awesome deeds of righteousness, you will answer us. Oh, God of our salvation, you who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far off seas, God is choosing people. God is choosing people. It's almost like a train's coming and he's looking for passengers to pick up for his name's sake, for his name's sake, for his name's sake. Can we start maybe, don't get religious on me, but think about that in Jesus' name. You know what that means? That's for his name's sake. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' way, in Jesus' will, in Jesus' manner, in Jesus' viewpoint, in Jesus' power, in Jesus' results. It's all for his name's sake. Y'all still love me? I know you do. I just said that. That's a field word because I didn't know what else to say. Y'all ever do that? You just say something because you got to say something? <laughs> That's all it was. Philippians 3.13. Y'all heard this? And I just quoted the scripture, but I'll read it. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Who's got it all together? Come up here right now. We'll kiss your big toe and bow down before you. None of us have. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which, which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, which are ahead. And y'all heard me say this before. If you're going to forget what's behind you and you reaching forward to what's ahead, that means you're doing something in the now. It all starts in your now. I'll say it again. It's all about your now, your decision now to forget what's behind you and reach forward to things that are ahead. You know, Paul called this thing an upward call. An upward call. An upward call. He's calling us upward. The Bible talks about don't, don't uh, keep your eyes on those things that are earthly, sensual, or beneath, but set your affections on those things above. It's an upward call. He's calling us upward for us to go up and live in the righteousness and fulfill things for his name's sake, we have to be hearing from the Father through the blood of Jesus that paid for everything via the Holy Spirit. And then he said, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call. And, and Anthropos, that's human species. I'm Anthropos. I'm not a monkey. I didn't come from a monkey. My tail didn't drop off. And I didn't used to go. <laughs> I was always man. <laughs> that means, anthropos means a man that walks with the faith upward. That's the whole, that's what determines our species. Face upward. Face upward. Face upward. What y'all talking about? What did I say? 
Therefore, let, listen to this. Therefore, let us as many as mature. God's looking for maturity. And I've said this before. The first step to maturity is be discipled. Be teachable. Humble. Seek the Lord. Pray. Turn from your wicked ways. That's maturity. I can't name it any better. It's not about reading a bunch of books. It's not about what knowledge you have in your head. It's where your heart is. How many of y'all know real intelligent people that do stupid things? Why do we call them intelligent? They're not. <laughs> I mean, a man with a degree thinking humans came from a monkey, I don't care what he got to say. You started off wrong with me. You understand? I, I don't want to even listen to you. You, you. you trying to figure out what, why things exist, how they came to pass, and we know the one that caused it all to exist. Let's go to the origin of everything. That's the smart person right there. Bubba. Now listen to this. Listen to what Paul is saying. He said, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if, this is a little if, if in anything you think otherwise, in other words, if you have an opinion or you can't figure it out, are you puzzled or perplexed about something? God will reveal even this to you. Yes. That sounds like good information right there. He's talking about the mature. He's talking about people that know things and understand things. But when you don't and you have a need of understanding and it's for the sake of Jesus and the gospel, the Lord himself will reveal it to you. Isn't that good? Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained. In other words, we have some knowledge. We have experiential knowledge. We've practiced what we've been taught. And so we've come this far. I'm going to say it again. Practice what you hear. This is what happened. And so whatever you've been practicing... In faith, the will of God, the word of God, don't back up from it. Stand on what you've already learned. But Paul is talking about that we're going further because he said, I hadn't apprehended yet. I haven't attained everything. So what we have is what we have. What I know is what I know. What I've been standing on is what I've been standing on. But God wants to take us to the other side of that mountain. I'm telling you, there's something we haven't seen yet. And it's called the powers of the age to come. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. I'm going to finish here, but I've been talking about this in almost every meeting that I've been in in the last two weeks. And I'm talking about prayer. And so in Ezekiel 22:30, it says this. God is speaking through Ezekiel. And he said, I sought for a man among them. In other words, among the Israelites, among God's people. I sought for a man among them that would make a wall and stand in the gap for me on behalf of the land that I shouldn't have to destroy it. This is a sad notation, right? 
but I found no one. God is a just God. God is a just God, just like I said it the other night. The, the judge, when the criminal set before him, he's got to put a sentence on him. He can show mercy, but listen, we can't let all the criminals run loose. There needs to be some penalty, some justice. So God's a just God, just like the just judge. And so he's got to deal with sin. The Lord has got to deal with sin or he'll go against his own nature. And he's not going to do that. He's not going to divide himself. And this is what the Lord is saying. His people are going the wrong way, way too fast. And he's, he's basically saying, I don't want to destroy anything. How many of y'all know God's not a destroyer? Sin destroys. He's just a just God. He wants to bless the land. He wants to show mercy on the land. He loves the land. It's everything he wants to do is bless his people. And all he needed was one person to stand in the gap before him on behalf of the land. That's what we're called to do. That's what this generation of Joshua's are going to do. That's what this new land, that's how we're going to see what the Lord wants to do. We stand in the gap before him for the land. Come on, some of y'all. I mean, we, we, we get mad at our society. We get mad at people doing the wrong thing, but we're not standing in the gap. And I'm going to tell you who's in the gap with you. Jesus. He's praying and making intercession forever on our behalf. And every time you go in tongues, the Holy Spirit is praying intercession through you. And so you got you, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and then the prayer starts because it's the Father's burden. So we got the Father in on it, Jesus in on it, the Holy Spirit in on it, and we're in the gap standing. No, it ain't coming here. In Jesus' name. No, it ain't coming here. Why are you doing that? On behalf of my Father in heaven. It ain't coming here. This is the standard. And you know what? When we stand in that gap in prayer, it gives God plenty time to fix a lot of things. Sometimes we're just a levy. Sometimes we're just a barrier from the enemy. We're preventing a lot when we pray and we seek the Father. And he can bring restoration. All prayer starts with the Father. I said it Wednesday night. You ever have a burden for somebody? It just, it's like, it won't go away. <laughs> you didn't get that on your own. The Father gave it to you. The burden of his falls on our heart. Not to hurt us, not to kill us, not to oppress us, not to, you not no kind of way to afflict us. But you can't know the Father's heart unless you're with him. And when you get with the Father, all of your things leave. And you see what he desires to do. It's for his name's sake. And all of a sudden, the burden of the Father's heart falls on you. Jesus knows what the Father's burden is, so he's already praying. The Holy Ghost knows what the Father's burden is. He's already praying. God's just looking for one. He sought out one amongst them 
that would make a wall stand in the gap on his behalf for all the land that he wouldn't destroy it and he could find no one. I'm like, here, Lord, you ain't got much, but you got me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I, want, I want in. I want to know what the Father's heart is. I'm tired of running my own life. How about you? It, it don't work. Even pastors run their own life sometimes. See, we become part of the bridge just like that Mississippi River Bridge. I told people in prayer the other day, y'all quit cussing my bridge. You quit talking bad about that bridge. You hear? Because you know why that bridge is there? So people from Baton Rouge can cross that bridge and come here. That's why it's there. I don't know what you think, but that's why it's there. That's why they put it there. You know why we're the biggest city on this side of the river now? Because of this church. He said it, I did, and I'm just mocking you. We are like a beachhead standing in the gap that this whole area will function. It will prosper. It will move forward. It won't have corruption in it. We'll have righteous leaders. Come on. And we're it. We're standing in the gap. We're the bridge. How many of y'all know Jesus is the bridge? The Father's heart is on Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And he wants us to be involved. A three-strand cord is not easily broken. Isn't that powerful? So that's our ministry. Get the Father's heart. Can't get it unless you go to him. Through the provision and the blood and Calvary, via the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, the Father can tell you what he wants for your family. The Father can tell you how he wants to use you to change your enemy for his name's sake. Lord, take, kill him, Lord. Kill him. No, that ain't it. Lord, what's your plan? <laughs> I'd nuke them all. I'm like David Hogan. I mean, you be bad to me, I'll nuke you. I want to, but that ain't what we do. It's like, Lord, what do you want to do here? This is for your name's sake. You know, the bigger the trouble, the bigger God can be. Come on, let's lift up our hands and ask for big trouble. So get, no, you don't have to do that, don't you? Y'all, Simon says. <laughs> Y'all got enough trouble already, huh? No, we're not looking for more trouble. <laughs> but that bridge is, is a gap filler. What do you call it, Miss Mary? We are gapsters. Who wants to be a gapster? Not a gangster, a gapster. You know, instead of complaining and griping, because that's all about us. Lord, what do you want me to do for your name's sake? You know, if your wife's giving you a hard time, you say, Lord, I know, I mean, this girl is hard, and I'm not pointing at anybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, Lord, I'm going to play Brother Clayton. Lord. Of my wife. So how are we going to do this for your namesake, for your glory? Of course I want my way. <laughs> of course it's not always going to be easy, but Lord, for your namesake. 
show me the way. Y'all know when we got born again, we became suddenly, in a miraculous way, the will of God. Wow. Jesus, when he was born into the earth, earth he was born in as the will of God. We beheld his glory, grace and truth. The will of God in flesh. And when we got born again, same thing. We born in and of the will of God. So here we are. Say, I'm the will of God. Come on, if you're born again, you're the will of God. Now the problem is, <laughs> you got to move. And the will of God is for his name's sake. It's not our will. And so now, we got to walk out the will of God. Gee, it was fun until I had to do something. Yes. Well, Jesus was born, you know, but he had to walk it out. But he walked it out by only paying attention to his Father. And he fulfilled the fullness for his life purpose, his Father's will. Isn't that powerful? And so Jesus was the prototype. You know, he didn't come do this and then say, you know, kind of do it your own way. No, he was the prototype. He was the will of the Father. He had a personality. He had a call on his life. And it all came through the will of the Father. So it's no different with us. You're great in God. What was the word I was trying to say? Stupendous. <laughs> you're great. You're grand. You're enormous. You're huge. Huge. In the Lord. But I'm going to tell you if you don't get in the presence of the Father, you'll never ever experience and realize who you really are in Christ. We're not common. Y'all realize the, what he spent to get us? I mean, I pray, but I ain't praying forever for somebody. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even think that. You mean I got to pray for Thomas all the time, every day of the week, all hours? And no. Well, if it's for his name's sake. But that's what Jesus did. He couldn't wait to get out the grave to continue to help us. He's standing before the Father with his own blood. And every time a charge or accusation is brought against us, the Father just looks through Jesus and sees us, and he said, they're my children. They're washed. They're the righteousness of Christ. Righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So the bridge, this is what happens. I don't know, I just got this thought. You know, there's this creek or this narrow gorge and people need to cross and they can't jump. So we just stand there and they're able to walk across us. That's what prayer does. We bridge the gap. Now, every man needs to make a decision themselves. Every man will be accountable for himself. He has got to acknowledge Jesus Christ. 
but we make a wall. We build a bridge. That bridge allows economy to come here. That bridge allows things to be transported over here. You understand? So that's all we do. We stand in the gap in prayer. And what has been disallowed, we allow it because it's God's will. What couldn't happen, what was prevented from happening, we stand in prayer. We pray the word of God. And then things start to change. Come on, somebody. I feel the anointing on that. So God's looking for champions in the unseen realm. Ain't no glory in this except to testify about what happened after we prayed as a church. But you never know the full extent of it. I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to see how prayers were answered because we were mouthing. We were in agreement with the Father, praying with Jesus and the Holy Ghost and the church. I mean, throw the body of Christ in on that. Something's going to get done. Who's in? Amen. Well, listen, we still have a prayer schedule. We're not trying to do any religious thing. Uh, if somebody wants to get on board, you can get with my wife. We'd like for you just take an hour a week just to pray for us, pray for the church, pray for you. It's kind of in-house right now. We have people signed up from different places, not even near here. But we'd ask you to just pray for the church, pray for me, pray for our leadership. This is only to initiate prayer. Amen? And we'll have a prayer time Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know how it's all going to unfold. But I'm believing this is going to be the biggest prayer meeting that we ever had as a church. Invite everybody to come. Everybody can pray. Everybody can pray in tongues. Everybody can pray in English. We're going to have topics up there so we can all hit the same thing at one time in agreement. Amen. Listen, you need to be seeking the Father <clears throat> because at the end of this month, we want to see what God's unfolding. We want to see the path of righteousness for his name's sake. We need to take as a church because next month's going to be all about evangelism. You know, God's looking for fishermen. God's looking for hunters. He wants us to go find them in the holes of the rock, the cracks of the rock. He wants us to find, he wants us to bring them to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Well, Lord, I just thank you for this day. Uh, thank you, Lord, that the storm can't stop your storm. And your church is a storm, Lord. I quoted the scripture earlier about when the kingdom of God suffers violence, the violent take it by force. Lord, resistance only has us trusting more in you. When resistance and opposition comes, Lord, it just drives us to the chief of staff, our leader, the father of glory. So, Lord, I pray that everybody in this church would have a new prayer time, a new prayer agenda. I thank you for a zeal, a passion to discover the father, to can't wait to get up in the morning 
to begin to fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and stand in the gap and build a wall that our land will not be destroyed, that our inheritance, Lord, will be preserved for us in this day and our children and our grandchildren, Lord. We honor you. We thank you that you supply and multiply and bring increase to the fruit of our righteousness. Yes, Lord, you supply and you multiply and bring increase to the fruitfulness of our righteousness, the fruit of our righteousness, Lord God. We want people to see you. Lord, we, want, we don't want to perish. We don't want to stumble and fumble and walk through life aimlessly. We want to know what you're doing, Lord, so we're coming to you to find out. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's no words I can put, no words I can say to make this happen. It's got to be done by your Spirit. Just like you drew people to Jesus to get saved, draw people in this church to begin to pray and get in the Father's face that we could see a supernatural, recognizable change in our area for the glory, for the 